Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that as we sit with your word, we pray, my Father, that in everything we do and everything that we are, that tonight, Father, you glorify your name. I ask, my Father, that in the name of Jesus, let your word do what you've planned it to do. I pray that the Holy Spirit takes absolute control. And I pray you make tonight simple but effective. Father, change our prayer lives in such a way that we may change the world. We glorify you and we thank you. Change us and change our prayer lives. We glorify you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do tonight um, is a little bit different. We're going to do something uh, just a, a, a tiny bit different. Um, just a tiny bit different tonight as, as we go into tonight. And what we're going to do is um last week we had two questions and i'm going to start from those questions and then we'll get into what we have for tonight and the questions remember we, we were speaking about prayer and last week we spoke about the fact that god answers prayers and that's really really important um really really important and so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go back into the word of God. And so remember, we spoke about God answering prayers. And we spoke about the fact that not only does God answer prayers, but, and we looked at four or five circumstances and scenarios. But then while we were in the Q&A, we had two questions that we didn't answer. And I'm just going to answer those tonight. And the first one is this. The first one came and it said, do you need a perfect relationship with God? And so this is very interesting that that's, that comes up regularly and it's very important that do we need a perfect relationship with God before God answers our prayers? So do we need a perfect relationship with God? And it's a very interesting one. And so let's settle something nice and early, ladies and gentlemen. Let's settle something. And so Please turn in your Bibles, and I'll put the scripture into the John chapter 14, verse 6. It's a very popular verse, and the question is this. Do we need a perfect relationship with God before God answers? And the answer is no. But remember, when we come to the Lord in prayer, we are coming not as ourselves, we come in Christ. Christ has a perfect relationship with God. We have grace extended to us through that relationship with God. So when we come before the Lord, we come as a member of the body of Christ. And so what that means is when you pray, and this is how Jesus said it, John chapter 14, verse 6, the Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no, one come, no man comes unto God except by me. 
But the beautiful thing is when we do come to the Lord, we come by the blood of Jesus, by his sacrifices, by his victories. But most of all, we come in Christ. So when we come in Christ, the benefits of Jesus's perfect life fill the gaps where we fall short. And that means come before God with confidence because you're coming in Christ. And that's why Jesus says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will make it happen for you. I will get it done so that God is glorified. And so ladies and gentlemen, so please remember, do you need a perfect relationship with God for God to answer your prayers? The answer is no. Why? Because God has extended grace to us through Jesus Christ. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse, let me just I'll pull that up. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. So let I'll read that for emphasis. Ephesians 2, verse 8. And the Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Now, please remember, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you're coming to God in prayer, how do we come? Notice how Jesus said we should come. He said, we should come and say, our Father. Now, th that's, that's a pretty interesting statement. And the reason is that he's saying that, listen, you're coming based upon, your, we are coming on equal standing. We are co-heirs with Christ. So when we come to God, we come by his sacrifices. And that's all. that was a wonderful question. And I hope it settles your heart. So when you come to God in Christ, you don't have to panic. You are coming in him. So that, no, we don't have to be perfect. And Jesus said, if you do realize that your life is imperfect, then you can bring it before God and fix it. And he says, ask for repentance, ask for forgiveness. And he says, I, 1 John 1, verse 9, he said, I will cleanse you of all unrighteousness and I will forgive your sins and you're free to set off again. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind as we go into the day. So that's the first question. And I thought it was a really good one. And I thought it was well worth answering. Hope you enjoyed that. The second thing, I've got another question. And this is another one um, I got and I, I felt that let's let's answer it. It's a great way to start tonight. And um, and thank you for the your very the person who asked it. Thank you for your very kind words. You put a very very kind statement at the beginning. And the question was Eliezer's prayer. Remember, we spoke about Eliezer, um, Abraham's servant, as one of the examples of prayer. Eliezer's prayer was a fleece-like prayer. Now, if you know the story of Gideon in um, Judges chapter 6. When Gideon was introduced to the Lord, he began his journey with God as a judge of Israel. The Bible says he asked the Lord, he says, when the Lord says, oh thou mighty man of valor, come and do, come and deliver Israel, rise up in this thy might and come and do this for Israel. Gideon wasn't sure it was God. And so he said, you know what God, don't be angry. I'm going to put a fleece, a sheep's fleece out. He says, if in the morning, everywhere around the fleece is dry and the fleece itself is wet, I'll believe you. 
The next morning he comes, the everywhere around the fleece is dry and the, the fleece itself is wet. He wrings it out, he realizes, wow, God answers. And then it's the next night he says, Lord, don't be angry. I'm, I'm just working through my issues. And he says, please, I'm gonna put the fleece out again. And he says, this time, let the fleece be dry and everywhere else around it be wet. And the Bible says that God does exactly what he says. That, um, that when he wakes up in the morning, the ground is wet with dew, but the fleece is perfectly dry. And he goes on in his journey with the Lord. And the question is, so I just wanted to bring you up to speed. That's in Judges 6. So the question is, can we pray or when can we safely pray fleece prayers? So to use that as an example, that means we come before God and we say, God, you know what? We're not sure. So you know what? If I go out today and the train is 15 minutes late, I'll believe, just use it as an example, I will believe that you sent me to go on for this interview. If it doesn't come 15 minutes late, Lord, then I'm not going to go. I'm going to believe it's not you. When is it safe to pray those kind of prayers? Now, let me put this in context. Please let me put this in context. When you see Eliezer and when you see Gideon, notice both their interactions with God for their own reasons, although they are developed, they are in their infancy. And so Eliezer had a relationship with God through his master and he said, Lord, this is how. And so he prayed to the best of his ability. Remember, he was a Syrian, wonderful man, but he was a Syrian. His, Abraham had the relationship with God and he had picked that up from Abraham. Now, what you begin to realize, Gideon was a, he was learning to walk with God. It wasn't, he hadn't developed his walk with God and it was beginning. And so he presented it to the, the Lord that this is where I am at. Now, when is it safe for us to pray prayers like that? I would like to put this question to everybody, and this is the question before I give you an answer. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ, when did he pray prayers like that? Because the Bible says our example is Jesus Christ first. The examples in the Old Testament are for our instruction, but our example to model our lives on, looking at Hebrews 12, reading from verses one and two, the Bible says we're looking to model Jesus Christ. And notice, Jesus didn't pray a fleece-like prayer. And the question is, why? The reason I said it was a great question is, it leads us perfectly into tonight. And the simple reason is this. I will only pray a fleece-like prayer if I am unsure of what God says, or I am unable to hear his voice, or I am unable to discern God's voice from all the other voices going on around me. And so I want you to please keep that in mind. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we think about it, when is it okay for us to pray a fleece-like prayer? When you think about it, the only reason you'll pray a fleece-like prayer is when you cannot discern the voice of God or there's nobody else to go to. But now I want you to pause before we take that as license. I want you to remember, 
Jesus said, the Holy Ghost will be with you at all times. And it is the Lord's job. Now, this is what I want you to understand. When you don't understand, you can say, Lord, help me through this. Okay? All right. When you say, help me through this. No, no, no. Uh, and I'll come to that. So you can say, Lord, help me through this. And so at any particular point in time, praying a fleece-like prayer, remember where it comes from. It comes from a place of unbelief. That means we don't believe or we're unsure that this is God. Notice God had spoken to Gideon and he wasn't sure that this was him. So in that case, ladies and gentlemen, when, we're, when should we pray or when is it safe to pray? Let's understand that the issue is not the type of prayer. The issue is there is an issue of unbelief. So we have to go back to the Lord go back over his word, go back over his promises and approach the situation again before we pray prayers like that. And in all sincerity, once you do that, you'll realize, and this is what we're talking about tonight, you'll realize you will more than likely not need to because God wants to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 7.14. Let's take our declaration together. Okay, a little bit after 7.14. So let's take it together. O oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let's close it out. We declare our land is healed. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and the Amens are wonderful. And so, the ladies, ladies and gentlemen, so when we say, is, when do we need to pray a fleece-like prayer? Think about it. Before you need to pray a fleece-like prayer, before you ever need to go back to the source, go back to God's word, Spend a little more time with him. Ask questions. Ask the Holy Spirit. And if you're having a challenge with the Holy Spirit, find counsel. Get somebody else to pray with you, your prayer partner, someone you're in authority with, your connect group leader, somebody in your connect group, somebody in your prayer group. Gets, there's so many ways to get clarity because in all sincerity, the when you that prayer is presented, remember, it was only presented like that once and you begin to realize it came from a place of unsure, the person was unsure that this is God or not. When we come to God, and that's what we're going to find out today, we can be sure that this is the will and intention of God because the Bible is there for us to draw on. And so that's where we should go. So it's not the, the best, it's not the best approach to take. It may work once or twice because God is kind, but it, it, notice, I never saw Jesus pray like that because he didn't have to. In the very same way, once you and I can speak to God just like I'm speaking to you, you actually don't have to. 
Good. That's the first one. So a couple of questions that have come out of that, and I'm going to answer them before we go on. One, is being unsure the same as unbelief? No. Being unsure means that I have a multiple set of options, and I'm not sure which one is God. Unbelief is, I know this is God talking to me, and I choose not to accept it based on one reason or the other. For that reason, I, that's unbelief. That means I know this is God talking to me, but I've made up my mind I'm not going that way. That means I directly choose against the Lord. To be unsure is fine, and go ahead and ask God questions. But unbelief is different. Unbelief says, I do not believe this is God. And that's completely different. Okay? That means I know the truth. I know what God has said. And I know it was God that's telling me, but I have chosen not to process that into my heart through the place of study, reading, study, meditation, confession, and action. I've chosen not to do that to come out the other side to agree with the Lord. Two completely different things. Being unsure is different. Unbelief is something, um, I hope they're clear now. The second thing is praying a fleece-like prayer. Is it not testing God? And in all sincerity, it's close if it is not testing God. Because remember, please keep this scripture in mind as we close this, this conversation out, which I think is absolutely wonderful for us to clarify when we come into the place of prayer, is this. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. When you come to God, remember God always looks at your heart first. So he knows what's going on in your heart. So he knows whether or not you're confused, you're unsure, or you, you're just, you're honestly unsure about something, or you've made a conscious decision that I'm not going to go with you. So when you come to the Lord, please remember he looks at your heart. And so I hope that helps. So when we're looking at prayer, I would not encourage, and I say that carefully, based upon the scriptures, I would not encourage you to pray fleece-like prayers because you don't have to. You have too many things going for you so that you don't have to pray like that, that God, I'm gonna test you, I'm gonna do this, okay? Hopefully that helps, and I think that's a great question. And so that brings us beautifully to today's message. So when I say today, today's um, discussion, and what we're looking at, the second thing we're going to look at in the place of prayer is this hearing the voice of God. And it's really important. Now, remember, we said, first, God answers prayer. So today, we're looking at the fact that when God answers prayer, one of the very important things is hearing the voice of God is critical, but it is also something God has made completely possible. And so we're going to look at that today. Um, hopefully, you'll enjoy that as we go in. But your, keep your questions coming. They're absolutely wonderful. So please turn in your Bibles as we go. So let's look at hearing the voice of God. So I'm going to uh, please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And I'm just going to read from 26. And I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it doesn't matter if you don't have that um, version. I will please read along in any version that you have. Um, but I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English because it's more the story that rather than actually um, breaking it down. 
Genesis 1 verse 26. And the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image like us and let him have rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every living thing which goes flat on the earth. Verse 27. And the Bible says, and God made man in his image. In the image of God, he made him male and female. He made them. Verse 28, and this is where we're going. We're going to stop at verse 30, but I'm going to read from 28. And God gave them his blessing and said to them, be fertile and have increase and make the earth full and be masters of it. Be rulers over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every plant producing seed on the face of all the earth and every tree which has fruit producing seed, they will be free for you for food. Verse 30 is where we're going to stop for the moment. And the Bible says, and to every beast of the field and to every bird of the air and to every living thing moving on the face of the earth, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Pause. So that's Genesis 1, 26 to 30. Now notice, that's a wonderful reading. It's where God creates you and I. And we realize this is the process of creation. It's a wonderful piece of scripture. But I want you to notice something. The first thing that God did after he created you and I was what? He spoke to us. So ladies and gentlemen, hearing the voice of God is not a mystery. The Bible says God spoke to us. That means if God spoke to you and I, not about us, he spoke to us, then ladies and gentlemen, you and I have to have been built with the capacity to hear his voice. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to look at this today. It's a really important part of prayer. Why? Remember, walking with God or spending time with God or being a Christian what, or being a believer, whatever term you want to use, or walking in faith, remember, it is a relationship between you and God. A relationship requires communication. And so God built communication into you and I. He said, let's make man just like us. Let them function just like us. And an element of when the first thing we see God do when he finishes creating us, ladies and gentlemen, he speak to us. And so I want you to please understand, um, prayer is a conversation. It is not a monologue whereby we just go to God and beg and he responds with power and miracles. It's a conversation because God wants to have a relationship with us. And so speaking is a huge part of how God communicates with us. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I wanted you to notice is God spoke to us. God said, this is what I want you to do. These are the blessings that I want you to have. Now, the beautiful thing about it is when you look at Mark 4, I'm not going to turn there today. Just going to use it as a reference point. We have spoken about it before. You realize when God's prime, let me put that in a statement, God's primary method of transferring something from himself to you 
whether that be personality, character, insight, whatever it may be, the Lord will do it through speaking. He will speak to us. And so what I want you to realize is hearing the voice of God is not a mystery and it is not mystical or something only certain people can do. No, no, no. God wants to have a conversation with you. Why? It's the foundation of our relationship with him. Okay. And so when you come into the place of prayer, when you pray to God, he wants to talk back to you. And so we're going to have a look at how he does that today. I'm not, I'm, and I'm, we've got about 15 minutes for this. So we have a long time for questions. So just in case a few questions arise. Okay. All right. The second thing I want you to realize about the Lord, um, and, I'll, and I'll mention is this, when God wants to get something done, and you'll find this in, um, ladies and gentlemen, you will find this in Genesis chapter one. Whenever God wants to do something, he always speaks. Notice, you find that whenever God wants to do something, he speaks. And so let's keep this in mind. When you ask God for something, no matter what it is, when God responds to you prior to the miraculous happening, he will always speak. Either, and I will look at the various ways, but he will always speak. Either it will be by a promise or it will be something that he's written in, in the word of God or something he said to you directly. So in all sincerity, when God, when you go to God in prayer, the answers that you get will always be God saying something to you. Now, why is that so important? It's important, ladies and gentlemen, because it gives us, a, it gives us the understanding that when we come to God, he's going to speak, hearing him. Sometimes we hear him. Sometimes we just see the miracles. But remember, when God responds to you in prayer, he will speak to you. Uh, so let me just give you a very brief um, overview of that. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 13. Um, and so I'm going to read through it just for, for clarity. Um, fantastic. I will stay in the Bible in basic English, um, if, if that's, that's okay. The Lord speaks, says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts or your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not go back again, but gives water to the earth and makes it fertile, giving seed to the planter and bread for food, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not come back to me with nothing done but it will give effect to my purpose and do that for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be guided in peace. The mountains and the hills will make melody before you and all the trees of the field will make sounds of joy. In the place of the thorn will come up the fir tree and in the place of the blackberry, the myrtle. And it will be to the Lord for a name, for an eternal sign that will not be cut off. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever God wants to get his intention, so let, notice what he says in verses 
eight and nine, he says, my thoughts are higher than yours. My, what I want to achieve or what I want to do is higher than yours. My ways are not the way you would want it done. But he says that when I want to transfer my ways to you, I will speak. So whenever God wants to get his will done, he says, he speaks. And so it's, I want you to please remember, God gets everything done by his word. Now, let's notice something. When God speaks, he says, my word will not come back to me void. It will not come back to me without achieving anything. It will make happen what I have planned to make happen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize that means when you ask God for healing, he will speak and say it is done. And he does that through Jesus Christ. This is one of the beautiful things about the Bible. Um, beautiful, beautiful things about the Bible. Beautiful things. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, when, you're, when you ask God for something and Jesus makes it happen, the Lord says, for all the promises of God. The Bible says, in him are yea and in him Amen unto the glory of God by us. So when something happens, God has spoken. So hearing God is critical. Um, and then I'll skip down to the bottom just for um, reference sake. Notice when God's word goes to work, the miraculous will always be the result. And so ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please enjoy your Bible studies. Make the Bible, your study of the Bible, a really big part of your prayer life. And let me just close with this um, and because, of, um, because of time. I want you to remember, God gets everything done by his word, but I want you to remember this, please. God and his word are one. The Bible says it, want, and I think, I think without reservation, this is probably my favorite scripture. John chapter one, verses one to five. It's one of the ones I committed to memory very, very early on in my Christian life. And it's wonderful. The Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Bible says by him were all things made without him. Excuse me, nothing was made that was made. The Bible says in him was life and the life was the light of men. Then the Bible says in verse five, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. I want you to remember something. Please remember this. God and his word are one. It, it, it's, and although, and this is the beautiful thing about it. So when God sends his word, he literally is sending himself to get what he wants done. And ladies and gentlemen, so when God speaks to you, it's the same as you standing in front of Jesus and having a conversation. Um, I wanted to say that so I can get this really clear. The number one way for us to hear God's voice is to read the Bible. And I want you to realize, please remember, when you are reading the Bible, it is God speaking to you. Um, and so it's John chapter 1, reading from verses 1 to 5. Any version of the Bible, it's just one of the most wonderful scriptures. It's a really, really beautiful piece of writing. When you read the Bible, you're reading God's mind, God's thoughts, God's patterns, God's promises, God's assurance. But most of all, he's introducing himself to you. And so 
the first way to hear the voice of God is read the Bible. Please keep that in mind. It's the foundation. Everything else, this is the foundation you must build on because it is God, God's revealed word, God's revealed word to you and I. And it's so please, when you want to hear the voice of God, first place you go is the Bible because that will, will, is where you will find out this is what God wants to say, do, or his intentions. And because God keeps his word, if God says, I will do this, we can take it to the bank, to use the phrase, because he's faithful, he will keep his word. So, best way to hear the voice of God, start with the word of God. The Bible, they're one. So it's like having a conversation with Jesus Christ. And it's all there. It's the beautiful thing about it. Okay, so that's really important. The next thing I just want, I'm just going to drop a few points and then, then we'll take questions. Um, the next thing I want you to realize is this, hearing the voice of God. I want you to understand a man's makeup. Turn with me, please. A man or a woman, a man, um, human being's makeup. Please turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says the following. I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pause for a moment. That means, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are spirits, we have a soul and we live in a body. Now, this is important because your spirit man is where God is going to speak to you. Because the Bible says, um, reading from the book of Ezekiel, I'll, I'll just give you the reference. I'm not going to turn there. Um, Ezekiel 36, and I'm going, if you're reading from 25, to 28 in any version ezekiel 36 25 28 the bible says that when god says he i'll wash you clean from all your idols i will cleanse you i will give you a new heart i'll take the stony heart out of your heart i'll make you sensitive to me once more but then he says and i'll give you a new spirit then he says and i will cause my spirit to live in your new spirit that means when god wants to talk to you he's going to talk to you through your spirit man so that's the person who's on the inside your soul and your body so your soul is the processing element of who you are your body is the housing this is your body this is mine if you are on video that is all right so what that means is this the stronger your so I'm going, I'm going to give you an, an, an analogy that I heard, and, and I, I, please don't give me any credit for it. I heard it from um, Kenneth Copeland a long time ago. Your physical body eats food, okay, and produces strength or physical well-being, okay? That's your physical man. So he eats the food, he eats the barbecue, he eats um, spare ribs, Chinese, whatever it may be, and he produces strength your soul processes knowledge and information 
and it produces intelligence, insight, and understanding. It's what your mind processes, information and knowledge. And all of a sudden you become intelligent, you become aware, you become knowledgeable. Your spirit man feeds on the word of God. When he processes it, he produces faith, confidence, and assurance in God. Listen to what Jesus says in John 6, 63, to drive this point home. Jesus says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Meaning, when you spend time in the word of God, your spirit man is strengthened. When he is strengthened, filled with the person of God, understanding the ways and the intentions of the Lord, understanding what the Lord does, who he is, what kind of personality is, and all the things, that the wonderful things that God plants in us, the Bible says you will become stronger. The stronger your spirit, man, the easier it is for you to hear the voice of the Lord. And so when you spend time in the Bible, I want you to understand what the Bible does. The Bible feeds your spirit man. Then your spirit man has your soul, which is renewed, and your body, which serves it. And so you begin to realize all of a sudden your spirit man hears the voice of God. And it becomes the same way I'm talking to you. And so the stronger your spirit, man, the clearer you will hear the voice of God. Now, to back that up, Ephesians chapter 3, and I want you to please read from 16. And if you read from 16 to the end, you will realize that process is described. And I'll read it for emphasis, and then I'll move on. The Bible says this. Paul is praying. He says, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, step one. Then he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, meaning the word Jesus Christ will become real where? In your hearts. The word of God will become real to you. You will believe what God says. You will believe what you read. You will understand what you read. And the result will be faith. And then the Bible says that you being rooted and grounded in love. And then it goes on. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful scripture. And so what you begin to realize is that you can be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So, ladies and gentlemen, notice where it starts, strengthening your spirit, man. And that's what I wanted to be clear. I, I really want you to remember that, because if you don't strengthen your spirit, man, hearing the voice of God will be a challenge. As somebody who only goes, studies GCSEs, and then finds himself in a class of people studying PhD molecular science. He's going to have a hard time 
because his mind and his knowledge is not as developed as those who are doing a PhD course. In the very same way, you find some people more confident with numbers than others. So what you begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, in the same way, if your spirit man is built, interacting with the Lord, hearing his voice will become easier. It's not spooky. The, the Bible says that the Lord will do it through the ministry of the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on. So that's another, I wanted to keep that. Okay. The next question I wanted to answer, I'm only going to, I'm just going to zoom through this. We're, we're almost done. And I'm going to take questions. So how do I build my spirit man? Three ways I'm just going to put before you. First one is the Bible. We've spoken about that. The Bible strengthens your spirit man. When you study the word, when you, as we've said before, when you read, study, meditate, confess, and act upon the word of God, your spirit man is built up. Your person on the inside is built up. And the second way, now this may be, sound like an oxymoron. Your spirit man is built by prayer. When you spend time with God, and let me pause, let me, let me settle something. The scripture I wanted you to look at for this, when we talk about prayer, is Mark 1 verse 35. The Bible says this, and it's a, it's a, really, it's a short verse, and this is Jesus. Mark 1 verse 35. And it says this, and in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, or before day, he went out, this is Jesus Christ, and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to keep this in mind. Praying, Jesus went and spent a reasonable amount of time with God. I'm not saying all of you should do it early in the morning. It's great. It's a great habit if you can work it. If you walk or if you exercise or stuff like that, that's fine. But please hear me. There's something about spending time with God in an environment where you can speak and he can speak back. And one of the key elements of that is rarely are those environments hurried because it allows you to give God time to, for you to settle into the word, for him to get through to you, for him to help you choose a song, whatever it may be, for him to tell you, okay, read this, or for, the, the, for him to bring your Bible studies um, alive. But listen carefully, Jesus went into an environment where he gave God the opportunity that, you know what, no distractions. This is just me and you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we say praying will strengthen your spirit, man, it's the same way as you reading a manual or having a conversation with a wise person. And this is what you begin to realize. When you have a conversation with somebody who's wise, you pick up their wisdom and it becomes a part of you. Notice, so when you take it before God, even if you feel, well, God, how can you answer? Give him time and trust him. By the ministry of the Holy Spirit and through the word of God, he will get through to you, okay? All right, so praying is another way we can build our spirit, man. And the last one is obedience. 
Um, and I'm going to make this shorter than I have it in my notes, and it's this. Every time you do something successfully, you will be more confident to do it again the next time. Let me repeat that. Every time you do something successfully, you will be more confident to do it again. Um, <laughs> Hebrews 5.14 says it in very flowery language, but basically it's this. Practice. And this is the reason I say that practice, how do you strengthen your spirit, man? Practice. In low impact situations, ask the Lord to speak and then go with it. Low impact. That means you are not asking the Lord, who should I marry? You're not asking the Lord, where should I work? You are asking the Lord nice things. Should I go to Tesco or should I go to Sainsbury's? Should I turn left or should I turn right? Should I wear shoes or should I wear trainers? Should I wear yellow or should I wear blue? Learn to talk to God and hear his voice in low impact situations before you go to higher ones. And just, and, and now I know this sounds unusual, but the more you do it, the more confident you will be. And this is the last thing I want to say on this because I want to give, I want to answer some of your questions and I want to give you time. Maybe hopefully what I've said has raised a few more. Hearing the voice of God, ladies and gentlemen, will always be an act of faith. That means faith, <laughs> think about it. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, and I will read it for accuracy. It's a lovely verse. Hebrews 11:6. I'll read it for accuracy. The Bible says the following. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek it. Your interaction with the Lord will always be in faith. Because God is going to speak from your inside. You are going to have to believe it and then work on it on your outside. And again, ladies and gentlemen, how do you do that? The more you do it with God, the more you will trust him and the easier it will become. And so, ladies and gentlemen, these key points, these are things that you can work on, things that you can do. But hearing the voice of God, notice God's out to help you. He's given us all the resources, given us his word. He's given us his spirit. Um, and so these key things I want you to remember about hearing the voice of God. Now, what I'm going to do. You've asked some great questions and they will help us expand. If anything else comes up, please, please, please put your questions in the chat. So I'm just going to grab the questions. Okay. Um, one of them is this. Can the conversation with God, that means God speaking to us, can it come in any form? For example, a dream, a voice or people? The answer is yes. God may send you a dream. God may send a person to you. And you may hear a voice on your inside. Now, that's the beautiful thing about hearing a voice on your inside is this. When God speaks to you, he's going to speak to your spirit. And your spirit will speak to you. So you will hear. It will be the same as if you're reading a book silently. So you'll hear your voice on the inside. But it's God talking to you. And so what you begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, can it be any one of those? The answer is yes. We've seen it happen. God speaks in dreams. God speaks in visions. 
God sends people, God will send prophets. I agree, but hear me well. God's primary method of wanting to talk to you is through the person of the Holy Spirit who God has put on your inside, which is why Jesus died, so that you and the Lord can walk together as one as it was in the beginning. That's what it came to restore. And so when God wants to speak to you, he wants to have a relationship with you as a person. So although those other ways are great, dreams, visions, prophets, somebody coming to your office and saying, thus says the Lord, and they're wonderful. But listen, great question. Whoever just put that question in the chat, great question. I'm coming to that. Thank you. Um, the Lord primarily wants to speak to you through the Holy Spirit into your heart and your heart speaking to you because he wants to have a relationship with you. So Jesus says, notice, this is what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go there so that we, and don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, any questions I don't get to today, I'm going to carry over to next week. Um, I'm not rushing. Chapter 14, verse 16, this is what he says. He says, I will pray to Father and he will give you another comforter. John 14, verse 16, that he may abide with you forever. The Bible says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Okay? He shall be in you. Then Jesus says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So when the Holy Ghost comes to live in you, that's Jesus Christ living in your heart. The Holy Spirit comes, and so when God wants to speak to you, his primary method is through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may say, oh, but how will I know it's the Holy Spirit? Notice, the Holy Spirit will not, the Bible says in John 16, verses 13 to 15, he will not speak of himself, but only what he hears from the Father will he tell you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you're reading the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will bring it to life, because God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are one. How does God want to speak to you? Through his word and through his spirit. Because he did it through dreams and he did it through prophets and he did it through others. And there is a role for prophets in this time. So let's understand that we appreciate that gift. But hear me well, he wants to talk to you directly. Okay, so that hope that helps. And we got that question twice. Can God speak to us through dreams? If you are gifted with God speaking to you prophetically through dreams, then keep a notebook by your bed, write down the dreams. If you do understand them, great. If you don't, go to somebody who is um, a little bit more advanced than you, have a conversation with your pastor, your connect group leader, your prayer, whoever your prayer partner, and then present the dreams, and you'll realize God may talk to you through that way. But in all sincerity, it's a great way, it's a gift, but God, and it's, it, God wants to speak to you through his word first and his spirit second. So that, that hopefully that answers that question. Then it says, how do you distinguish between the voice of God and your own voice or the voice of man? Psalm 25 verse 14, Psalm 25 verse 14, and, I, and I'll use that, as an example, and then I'll give you 
Psalm 25, verse 14. And the Bible says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. That means when you spend time with God, he will show you his covenant. Now, why did I say it like that? I want you to realize, how can you distinguish between the voice of God and your own voice? The first one is this, the very same way. I remember a few years ago, I was um, running a youth service. So we had, it was, we, we were in the worship center, but we had the main doors open. And I was preaching, I was speaking to the, the people and all of a sudden I heard a cry. Everybody else didn't look around. I stopped preaching and I said, that's my daughter. How did I know? Two reasons. Number one, I can recognize my daughter's voice. Number two, there's a connection between me and my child that goes way beyond the ordinary. So the voice triggered something in my heart. In the very same way, how can you distinguish between God's voice and your voice? First, spend time with him. Second, spend time in the word so that you get to know how God does things. How God, uh, Psalms 25 verse 14. Psalms 25 verse 14. God's intentions, what God likes, what God doesn't like. How does, so how can you determine, please remember this, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will help you. He's there to help you. John 14, 26. So he's your helper. He's your teacher. He's your, and also and many other things, but he will teach you that this is the voice of God. He will reassure you. And key, remember, I know this is not, it's not the most popular thing to say, but practice. Practice hearing the voice of God. Practice. The more you do it and the more it begins to pay off and work out, you'll begin to realize, oh, that's God's voice. In the very same way, I could recognize my daughter's voice in the crowd. I could recognize my wife's voice in the crowd. I could recognize the simply reason, not only am I connected to them spiritually, physically, and emotionally, but I have learned to hear, I've been hearing their voice pretty much from my wife, 25 years, from my girls, all their lives. I can recognize them in the very same way, ladies and gentlemen. Learn to recognize this is God. How? God will always agree with his word. God will always when he wants to tell you something, the Holy Spirit will give you an assurance. First John 2, verse 20. That's the unction. You'll feel an assurance. The peace of God will come into your heart and you'll know this is Jesus. This is God. And that peace is usually inexplicable. I'll put that scripture. That's a very, very good question. Thank you very much. Um, and that literally brings us, so that's, um, the, regarding the peace of God, please keep this scripture in mind. Philippians 4 verses 6 to 8. How do you know your prayers have been answered? The number one indication is peace. And it's an inexplicable peace that says, that's God. Who puts it there? The Holy Spirit. Over time, you get to recognize it. 
And remember, it will always be an act of faith. Last thing I'll say before I pray for you, because we are out of time, is it? Very simple, very simple, the very same way. This is how, um, I mean, I look back, I was preaching over the weekend and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, but then all of a sudden, as I sat down, the Holy Spirit just said, this part of your notes. Now, I went there and as I studied and as I began to flow with him, I realized, oh, this is what you want to say. But it was an act of faith. All the way up to the time I, I preached it, it was an act of faith. What proof did I have? Just that this is God. This is what he wants me to do. I'm willing to go with it. And by experience and by the assurance in my heart and also then by the result of what I did, I said, yeah, that's God. So what does that put in my heart? That puts in my heart an assurance that if I hear a voice like this, and I feel this assurance, it's God. And if I am in doubt, I can go to God for clarification, and I can go to the people that God puts around me who will help me clarify, is this God or not? Ladies and gentlemen, it's 8.01. Let's say a prayer as we close. Thank you for your interaction. It's been an absolute wonderful time. Father Almighty God, we thank you for tonight. I pray, Father, for everybody listening, whether they're listening by podcast, whether they're listening, Father Almighty God, by their notes, or they're going through this once more. Father Almighty God, I ask in the name of Jesus that, Father, in the next few days, let their time with you become productive. Let your Holy Spirit open the word to them in such a way that hearing your voice is easy. And Father Almighty God, I pray for every person who is in an, has an element of confusion or an element of, or, or being unsure of whether or not it's your voice. I pray, O oh Lord, that you reassure that person in a way that they understand. My Father and my God, I ask in the name of Jesus for anybody who is believing God for healing. And we specifically say this every week because of what we're going through. You say, in the name of Jesus Christ, may your healing manifest and may God grant you peace and grace. Ladies and gentlemen, Father Almighty God, I ask for each person on this call that you are kind. And in your kindness, may they hear your voice and may it transform their prayer lives. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' most holy name, we have prayed. May God bless you. If you're listening by the podcast, we are so, so grateful that you're here. I hope you had a wonderful time, ladies and gentlemen. May God bless you. I'll see you next week. Any questions, feel free to send them in and we'll pick them up at the beginning of next week or going forward from there. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Pray.